Dear Jesus, we pray that in this time, in this moment, we just want to dedicate this time to you. God, as we pray beforehand over the young people, Lord, and over the kids, Lord, I pray, may we have that same encounter with you. May we have that same encounter of your Holy Spirit working in us. God, I pray that may we have a fresh revelation of you or something about your character in this moment. I pray, Lord, as always, anything that's of me, Lord, may it be forgotten, may it be just blown away in the wind. But Lord, we pray, Lord, everything that's of you, may it resound in our hearts. Will it transform us? Will it challenge us? Will it grow us? Will it turn us into more like you? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you want to open up, we'll get, we're going to get there in a minute, but if you want to open up your Bibles to Psalm 28, verse, Psalm 28, uh, verse 6, we're going to get there in a moment. This morning, the, uh, the topic is, uh, I want to, is, is about say something. And before we get into that psalm, I've just got a question to, uh, to ask you, um, is that when Jesus fed the, if you imagine yourself as one of the disciples, you're in the crowd. When Jesus fed the 5,000 and he was breaking the loaves, he was breaking the bread, in the evening when you went home or the next day and you had to describe what happened, what words or phrase would you use? What would you say? Multiplication? Almost like a mass class. Anything else? Miracle? Amazing? Unbelievable? Was that outstanding? Did I hear that right? Happy meal. <laughs> I bet they're loving it. <laughs> I know, that's the best it gets. It all goes down here from now on. What words would you describe? Because in John 6, when it... Oh, later, when it says the next day, when the boats from Tiberias came back, they describe it, they go back to the place where Jesus gave thanks. They mentioned they go back to the place when, where Jesus gave thanks, and when Jesus wasn't there, they then moved on. It's interesting that we would naturally describe it as it's the place of a miracle, it's a place of something that's unbelievable, it's outstanding, it's mind blowing. But John describes it as, this is the moment that Jesus gave thanks. It's amazing, isn't it? Just that simple thanks with the loaves and fishes, thank you. And when we look at the word thanks, if you go into Bible Gateway, if you do whatever thing you use to, kind of to, to look through the Bible, to study the Bible. If you look, just type in the word thanks or thankfulness and see where, it, where, where, that, where that word thanks comes, it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing where that, it, that crops up. Sometimes it's in a passage that you think, oh, you perhaps naturally skim over and it'll be there straight in the middle. Next to, it might be next to worship, give worship and thanksgiving. Next to thankfulness. It's there. It creeps up time and time and time again. And not just in the Psalms. We carry on 
with the Psalms, and we're here, and this, this psalm is written by David. But we know from David's lifestyle that even from a young boy, he knew how to thank God, not just in worship, but he was grateful. He was grateful from a young boy that he recognized who he was, where he, came, where he came from. He recognized who God was and what God was doing for him. He recognized the protection. And in doing so, because of the heart that David had for God, meant that he found favor. And I don't mean this in a prosperity gospel way, but God loves everyone the same. But sometimes the favor is different. For example, David's heart for God, put him in a place where he would be measured, he'll be the measuring mark for all the kings and all the rulers to come. That's his standards because of his heart for God. Even though we know he commits adultery, even though he commits murder and all these things, even though we know he had a bit of a lust problem all the way through his life, because even when he's old, when they put a woman in his bed and he doesn't do anything, they say, our king's dead. So he's got a reputation. Even though he's got reputations, they know he's fallen. Because of his heart, he's still elevated. It's absolutely mind-blowing. And because of his heart, God gives him the honor of of giving Jesus the name Son of David for eternity. Can you imagine that? You have the Son of God named after you forever. That is one of his titles, Jesus, Son of David. But such was David's heart for God that it transformed the way. The nation of Israel was totally uh, treated totally different because of David's love for God. And you can see it time and time again where the different kings and rulers came and how some started off really well, some started off well but ended up bad, some started bad and they changed and they finished. And, but because of David and the other one, uh, it was Hezekiah, because of how they loved God and how they acted, for the sake of God treated the, the, the nation of Israel differently and protected them and looked after them. For his namesake, because how much they were thankful, because how much they worshipped, because how grateful they are. It's absolutely astounding. I haven't got it in my notes, and I forgot, I've forgotten where it is, but in, I think it's in 1 Timothy, is it 1 Timothy or Thessalonians, where um, Paul is basically saying, because there's a confusion with some of the uh, Jews, because they're wanting to speak to their next-door neighbours, and they're going around their next-door neighbours for food, but they know that this food has been um, sacrificed to idols and has been given to them, and he turns around to them and says, if your neighbor sacrifices this meat to an idol but doesn't know who you, what you believe and gives it to you, if you receive it with thanksgiving, it sanctifies it. So please feel free to eat because you have given thanks to the food, so you've realigned what was meant for bad towards you, what was meant for evil, you've brought it back into alignment with the kingdom, with God, and you recognized he is the provider, and I'll give you thanks on behalf of us two, us two. And in doing so, it sanctifies the meal. So you're free to eat. In the same way, when you talk about uh, Thanksgiving in, in one, of the, one of the other Psalms, I haven't got it, haven't got it down because it's just popped into my head. 
he talks about the, the, the gate of thanksgiving. The same gate of thanksgiving that allows, that not allow, allows God can do anything, that welcomes God and the Holy Spirit in when we give thanks is the same gate that keeps the enemy out. It's a one way. So when you give a thanks, when you give thankfulness back to God, when you give the honor back to him, when you give the honor that's due, it welcomes God it, it, in, in it harbors the, whole, the kingdom of heaven. It moves. We connect. We get to see what God is do, doing. And in doing so, because we're aligning ourselves, there's that protection, there's that there will protection there that is in the spiritual realm that we do not see. All because we said, thank you. Thank you. And so we get to Psalm 28. And David, we know David wrote many of the Psalms. Psalm 28, 6 um, to 8. And if you haven't got a Bible, open them up, turn them on. They'll be on the screen. We've got a little bit of reading to do today, but that's okay. It's always good to have a bit of scripture in the sermon, isn't it? It helps. If we haven't got scripture in it, then we, you know, we need to ask a few questions, really. So, he says, Blessed be the Lord, for he has heard the voice of my pleas for mercy. The Lord is my strength and my shield. In him my heart trusts, and I am helped. There's no possibly, it's like, I am helped. My heart exalts, and with my song, I give thanks to him. For the Lord is the strength of his people, and he is the saving refuge of his anointed. David says, I give thanks. Giving thanks is, is recognizing that we aren't the center of the universe. Although the media and everyone wants to say we're good, we're special, everything should revolve around us. And there's that you know, level of enticement and, and the attitudes that's going around at the moment with people. Actually, giving thanks recognizes that actually God is bigger and better than us. It changes perspective. It's saying, God, I'm in, I recognize that I'm in need of provision. I recognize that it is you who provides it. It recognizes, God, I couldn't have done that if that wasn't for you. I couldn't have got through that exam. I couldn't have got through this financial year if you hadn't, have blessed, if you hadn't blessed me. I couldn't have got through that work problem if you hadn't been working behind the scenes, which I, don't, which I still can't fathom, but you've been working behind the scenes, and what I thought was going to be a bad meeting turned out to be a fantastic meeting, and I'm not fired, I haven't lost my job, or got promotion, and all these sort of things. Have you been in those sort of meetings? No, it's just me. Okay, swiftly moving on. You're, all of you are doing far better than I am, I tell you. I tell you, you should go and work for the council. Um, <laughs> but there's this level of thanks that's there, recognizing and remembering what God has done. And we can take this back to Moses, and we can go back to Deuteronomy 8, and again, it'll be, it'll be up, on, up on screen. If you want to flick through, I'm, just, I'm using the ESV, but if you've got another translation, you can look through. Look through, search for it, make sure I'm not, I'm not uh, making all of this up. Look for it yourself, read up. It's amazing how many people just take it as blind faith and they don't actually check. 
You should always check, make, make sure. And Deuteronomy 8, 7, uh, and we're going to go through all the way through to 18, and Moses is saying to the, this new found nation, Israel, who've come out of Egypt, and he says, For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks of water, of fountains and springs, flowing out in the valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley, of vines and figs, trees, and of pomegranates, a land of oil, 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 oil trees, olive trees, the selects kicking in, hello, okay, and honey, a land in which we'll eat bread without uh, scarcity, in which you will lack nothing, a land whose stones are iron and whose and out of who, uh, whose hills you can dig copper. And you shall eat and be full. And you shall bless the Lord your God for the, God, for the good land he has given you. You shall bless. So, so verse 11 says, Take care, lest you forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments and his rules and his statutes, which I command, which I command you today. Lest when you have eaten and are full, and have built good houses, and live in them. And when your herds and flocks multiply, and your silver and gold is multiplied, and all that you have is multiplied, then your heart will be lifted up, and you forget, and you forget the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, who led you through the great and terrifying wilderness with its uh, fiery serpents and scorpions and thirsty ground where there was no water who brought you water out of the flinty rock who led, rock, rock, who led you in the wilderness with manna with your father uh, with manna that your fathers did not know he know that he might humble you and test you to do good in the end beware least you say in your heart my power and the might of my hands have gotten me this wealth. You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, and that he may confirm his covenant that he swore to your foes as it is this day. How often is it that when we pray for something and we go through something, we quickly forget that God was, God was there and doing it. How often is it, and some of, us, some of us, you've been praying for God to work, you've been praying for God to move, and he's answered your prayers, and you're living in the answer's prayers, but you haven't given thanks. How often is that sense of, I'm just going to sit here, I deserve this, how often I got I got myself this I got myself this job. How inward looking are we that it's all about me when actually God gave us the gifts that we have? God gave us the the ability to do the things that we did uh, can can do in multiple various various ways. God made us who we were for His kingdom to bless the kingdom to bless the people around us. It is God who gives us the skills to equip us that we can get that we can have a job, can hold down a job, can have a have a family, have a house, have food on the table. 
by, by, the, by the tea, by the coffee that we do each week and we don't think about it, that we can turn on the tap and have running water just like, just like that and we don't have to walk for miles, that we can go down the street right now and buy medication that other people can't, that we have doctors, that we've got taxis, that, when we, that if we haven't got a car, we can just ring someone up, that we've got a phone, that we've got a bus stop, that we've got the, the council that pick up our litter because we can't be bothered to put it in the bins, that we have... There's so much stuff... Don't tell me we haven't got anything to be thankful for. All this stuff we pass every single day and we take it for granted because we think we deserve this. We deserve this. Be careful. Be careful. Hezekiah got caught in this. Because... In Hezekiah, in second, uh, be up on the screen, Second Chronicles uh, 32, we know that Hezekiah uh, he led he led a, a fantastic life. He restored uh, worship back into um, the nation of Israel, and the effects of Solomon when he brought in idol worship, they reckon it like the effects of King Solomon bringing in idol worship had an effect of 300 years or so just because he brought in idol worship that affected the nation of Israel for 300 years. Hezekiah comes along, tears down all the idols, tears, gets rid of everything, and reestablishes worship and thanksgiving back to God. If you want to study someone who, takes, uh, who excels and takes something from nothing and, re- and restores it and returns it back to God and, and sees, it's an amazing story because he, doesn't, he restores the worship and thanksgiving but he also then puts in place what David has, that a tent that was then established, that gave worship and thanksgiving 24-7. Because they gave worship and because they gave thanks 24-7, when they asked for something, when they bought all the provisions, it said heaps were built, heaps were built and they had to build extra storehouses because the blessings just kept on over, overflowing. Because they kept on giving thanks, and bear in mind... We know that we should worship in spirit and in truth. There are times when actually these people, you've got the 2 a.m. shift. I'm not worshipping it in spirit and truth at 2 a.m. I am, you know, I, my eyes are there. I'm just like, I might be barely, I might be barely awake. Yeah, that, is a tough, that is a tough shift. And, there, and then you're given a list. This is what you're to be thankful for. You might not be feeling thankful in that time, but if you're thank- you don't have to feel thankful to be thankful. And in doing so, it sets an attitude and a behavior that means that it, the nation of Israel are become the envy of all the nations around. And because of this, the Babylonians send their envoys over. And in this time, Hezekiah gets sick, and we know that God heals Hezekiah, heals Hezekiah and, gives, and gives him 15, 15 more years. But in, that, but in this um, uh, verse, in Second Second Chronicles 32, 24-26, it says, In these days Hezekiah became sick and was at the point of death, and he prayed to the Lord, and he answered him and gave him a sign. But Hezekiah did not make return according to the benefit done to him. Interesting, isn't it? You would have thought getting 15 more years, you'd be thankful. Sometimes There are times and moments when God does something and 
our praise might be there, but when he does something extra, our praise needs to go up. Our praise and thankfulness need to match what he has done for us as best as they can. And it says, therefore, the wrath of God came upon him and Judah and Jerusalem, but Hezekiah humbled himself for the pro- uh, humbled himself for the pride of his heart. Both he and the inhabitants of Jerusalem say the wrath would not, um, the wrath of the Lord did not come upon them in the days of Hezekiah. Sometimes there's still consequences, consequences to our actions. I wonder, do we give God the praise that He's due? Do you give God the praise that he's due? For the things that he's done, I'm not here pointing the finger, this is a reflection on myself as well, we need this self-reflection. Do you, do I give the praise back to God that he is due? Because some people say I have an attitude of thanksgiving. Well, an attitude is more of a way of thinking. David practiced being thankful. When you practice being thankful, it changes your behavior, not just your way of thinking. You have to practice being thankful. It doesn't come naturally. You have to train. My parents taught me to say please and taught me to be thankful. You're not getting sweet. Say please and thankful. We do it to Poppy. Say please, say Say, say thank you. Even if it's a totalistic thing, because you know they don't really really mean it because they want the sweet, you still teach them be thankful. Please and say thankful. It's a practice thing. Are we, are we, do we have a habit, and is it a habit of being and practicing being thankfulness unto God? Because this isn't deep, it's basic manners. It's the kindergarten, it's the kids. It's strangely how it fits me, isn't it? <laughs> and it's not, it's not quite comfortable, actually. You know, basic thank you for provision. It's basic. Thank you for getting me that car parking space. Basic. Thank you for providing for me. Basic. Thank you for helping me out with my health. Thank you for healing me. Thank you for restoring my marriage. Thank you for looking after my family. Thank you for giving me a son. Thank you for giving me a daughter. Thank you for putting me in a relationship. Thank you for getting me a job. Thank you for the car that I have. Thank you for the house that I have. Thank you for everything that I have. Thank you that in this moment I have air in my lungs that I can breathe and I don't even think about it, but the grace of God gives me the ability to just to just to breathe, and I don't even think about it. And I take it for granted. It's basic. We've all got something to be thankful for. There's another couple of tables. This is basic. 
there's a heart attitude. I'm not going to read, I was going to read all of it, but for time's sake, you can go read and read Psalm 107. But I'll read the first um, couple of verses of uh, Psalm 107. Psalm 107 says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. There's there's something there's something different between the kids' table, basic manners. The Bible would describe it as milk. Blessings. You're thankful for His provision. But I'm going to read Psalm 50. Psalm 50 says, Hear, O my people, and I will speak. O Israel, I will testify against you. I am God your God. Not for your, sacri- not f- for your sacrifices do I rebuke you. Your burnt offerings are continually before me. I will not accept a bull from your house or goat from your folds. For every, for every beast of the forest is mine and the cattle on a thousand hills. I know all the birds of the hills and all that moves in the field is mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you, uh, tell you for the world and its fullness are mine. Do I eat the flesh of bulls or drink the blood of goats? Offer to God a sacrifice of thanksgiving and, before, and perform your vows to the Most High and call upon me in the day of trouble and I will deliver you and you shall glorify me. You shall glorify me. Sometimes we give thanks to God what's already his. And I do it. We all do it. Sometimes we come into church and we sit there and we've had a bad week, and you might say, thank you, and you might sing a song, but we're in a bad mood, and we might think, okay, that, that's my lot. Really? I'm saying, saying this, is, this is what we all do. Being thankful has to cost something. If you're truly thankful, it costs you something. It has to mean something. Are we going around striving, trying to do good works, trying to earn his favor? And he's just like, I don't want you to do that. I just want you to say thank you. Why are you stressing out? Why are you doing all this stuff? Why are you working yourself up? Why are you get, getting so much anxiety in your life? Why are you trying to do this, trying to do that? Why are you trying to earn my love? I just want you to say thank you. Mean it. We have it easy today. Because we can come into his presence and say thank you. We can worship and he welcomes us. In the Old Testament, if you gave a sacrifice, you went to the altar yourself. If it was a lamb, if it was a bull, you got messy, you got dirty. You had to be involved in it. You got covered in blood. You had to be. You couldn't do it half-hearted. We are so blessed because what Jesus done on the cross, because of his gracious love, because he cares for you and he loves us and he welcomes us and he restores us and he welcomes us into your family and he loves you to bits. 
and he loves me to bits. And he never leaves you. He never, he'll never abandon you. You're not a piece of trash. He, he is your cherished. He, you are, he died for you. And all he says is, and all he wants is for you to recognize and for me to recognize who he is and say thank you. Psalm 23, we, we know David says, the Lord is my shepherd. But he also goes on to say in verse 4, even though, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for, for you are with me, and your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. He lays a table in the presence of my enemies. Can you go from a table to a table specifically laid by God for you? But can you sit in it and be thankful while knowing that your insecurities are sitting right there? Can you sit here and be thankful and know that your addictions are staring you right in the face right there? Because you're not just the only one at the table. It is in the presence of your enemies. Can you sit at the table and be so focused on God and so focused on the presence of God, so focused on who he is and be grateful and say thank you in the presence of our imposter syndrome? Can we be thankful and focused and sit in this table when the enemy is across from us and he's looking us straight in the eye and saying, you're not worth it. Walk away. You're a waste of space. Who do you think you are? I know what you've done. I know what you did. Do you really think he'll forgive you for that? And he's sitting right there. Can you sit at the table and be so focused on God and so thankful for God that you start the journey of moving from one to the next? Because David says, the Lord is my strength. The Lord is my shield. The Lord is my refuge, my hiding place. We have a tendency to move from one table to the next. But as soon as the enemy says something, as soon as our doubts kick in, as soon as our fears, our worries, anxieties, our drink addiction, our food addiction, although we say in our hearts, God is a hiding place, actually we don't use God as a hiding place. Actually we run back to the table because we sit back 
and we use our drink, we use our food, we use our buying stuff, we use our other stuff. And sometimes it's not even this table. Sometimes we go all the way back here because actually we hide in our, I'm just going to buy, buy, buy stuff. I'm just going to actually, I'm going to stand in my, ang- in my anger and I'm going to be angry at everyone because even though it's my fault, if I be angry at everyone, everyone else does what I do, but the effect of that means that I'm alone. I'm going to, when something goes wrong, I'm going to retreat. I'm going to go back to perhaps where it's comfort food. And although I love comfort, I know I love the sweets, I love, I love all, all the stuff. Although it, it feels good for me, the effect of me is bad, and I feel like actually. Although something's happening, I want to buy the latest things, so I, want to, I want to make good. So although I have everything that I have that is adequate, new. Because I want to get that high, I'm going to buy something that gives me a high for a split second, but in doing so, perhaps puts me in financial difficulty, or I don't really need it, and it goes to waste. I'm going to go back here because I'm not grateful for what I've got. And although it feels good in that moment, I go backwards because actually I'm not content, and I'm not thankful. And God isn't my hiding place. And so we recognize in those hurt and those pains, we go, actually, God is my refuge. He is my strength. And we come back to the provision and say, God, I'm really, really sorry. Would you forget? Thank you so much. And then we slowly, and then we move back up. Some people don't even get moved from this. Some people even aren't at that table. Some people aren't even thankful. This is a tough table to sit at. It is a tough table to sit at and stay at. But you don't do it by yourself. God lays the table. He has set it out before you. Greater is he who is in you that is in the world. He will get you through it. You can sit here. You can be at peace all hell could be breaking loose, and you can sit here and say, it is well with my soul because I know who God is. I know what he's got me through in the past. I know he's provided. I know he's my strength. I know my health is bad. I know my knees are weak. I know everything's shot, but I know I can trust in God, and I am helped. And it doesn't matter that I'm still dealing with stuff. I'm if my heart isn't God, I'm going to say, God, I know I'm still working with my addictions, but God, would your spirit help me transform and change? And if you really want that to happen, he will change you. But you have to want it. If you don't want it enough, perhaps it's just me. But God will give you the strength. And this is why Paul says, put the full armor of God on every single day. Because we sit at this table not through our doing, but by grace of God who died on the cross for us because he loves you to take away your sin, to deal with the issues that you had, to transform you into the image of God because he cares for you and loves you and he's on the journey. You can sit at this table. That isn't the final table.
the next table's a tough one. That is tough. You all know what I'm looking at. Here, you begin to know your, you begin to learn your purpose. You get to know who you are. You get to begin to explore who God is. When you get to this table, the communion table, this is a tough table. Not only do you have to face your inner demons and your inner self, but on this table, this table is not my will, but your will be done. This table, you need to know who God is. You need to really know. You need to know that is not going to leave you or forsake you. Because on this table, you can always use a, part of me thinks you almost need a, an intermediate table because for this table, and we'll go, we'll, I'm going to do a jump, we're going to go to the last, it's the last slide, it's got the three verses, it's got Hebrews, Luke, and Mark in it. And it says in Hebrews 2, it says, Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated on the right hand of the throne of God. Luke twenty-two fifteen. I have earnestly desired to eat the Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took the cup, and, and when he had given, thanks. When he had given thanks. And Mark 14 says, Going a little further, he fell on the ground and prayed, If it were possible, the hour might pass for me. And he said, Abba, Father, my dad, dad, he knows who his father is. All things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me. Yet, not what I will, but what you will be done. Acts, we go to Acts 20, um, 22, 24. It says, and this is where Paul, Paul, and he's on a journey, he's on his journey. And he says, and now behold, I'm going to Jerusalem constrained by the Spirit, not knowing what will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies to me in every city that imprisons and uh, every city that imprisonment and afflictions await me. But I do not count my life of any value, nor as precious to myself, if only I may finish my course and the ministry that I receive from the Lord to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. He says, imprisonment and afflictions await me. Can you be thankful in the loss? 
can we be thankful if Jesus says, give it all up? In the midst of the pain and the hurt, I know when me and Joy we lock, we had a misca- we had a miscarriage and in that in that day was that was a tough day. But there was a peace in that day. It was a tough day because you're grieving the loss of what could have been. But in that moment, as much as I didn't want that outcome. In that moment, there was a moment of, it is well with my soul because I can trust God that I get to see hope. And that's what we name them, hope. One day, I wonder, can you stand in the loss and the pain and know and worship God even amongst you know where you're going and you could be certain death and say, it is well with my soul. Not my will, but your will be done. As long as God is preached and is glorified in my life, it is well. And that not that I may benefit, but others may benefit. This is a tough take. But he, but he wants us to work our, he wants us to work our way to it. That in this, on this table, you get to see, on the on the first table, you get to see glimpses of, and you see more of what God's provision and what He's doing, and so you can start to see, okay, He's doing this, He's doing that, and it's like that's great. When you start to move up, things become less obvious. He doesn't tell you. You have to learn how to trust. I don't know where I'm going. And with the little, and sometimes, you know, God says, I am the light of the world, but sometimes he gives you so little light, it's almost like a little, little spot beam that you're trying to follow, going and saying, God, where are you leading us? With that light, will you stand and follow and be thankful in the, in the place where I do not know where I'll end up. I do not know potentially what happens to me. I might be imprisoned. I might be persecuted. I might be beaten. And we're not going to read it all, but if you go and read Second Corinthians where Paul boasts about how he's been beaten, he's, sunk, he's been sunk, he's been, he's, been, he's, been, he's been imprisoned. There's so much against him. But yeah, if we could have that, if we could have that, we're not going to read it, but we're just going to read the last bit. That's Second Corinthians 11, 24 to 31. And we're going to just read the last... Um, bit of that, it's on verse 30, it says, If I boast, I will boast of the things that show my weakness, the God and Father of the Lord Jesus, who is to be, pray, who's to be, pray, who is to be praised forever. Not just now, but that praise is eternity. So I will praise God now because I am thankful because he is eternal, he is internal, is internal in his loving. He is eternally steadfast. He is eternally sincere. He is eternally merciful. He is eternally forgiving. He is eternally 
providing for me. He's eternally bringing salvation to me because he loves me. Because he loves me, And my praise just won't stop now, but my praise should be eternal because of what he has done. He constantly looks after me. He constantly is stopping attacks from the enemy when I do not even know, I do not even realize. When I'm driving down the motorway, an accident happens. I should be dead. The amount of times as God has stopped me from going or getting on a train or pausing and then 10 minutes later, I've got, got the next train and there's been an accident 10 or 20 or 15 minutes. That's happened about three or four times now. But yet God has put, stop, don't go there, don't do that. Wait there. And I'm thinking, why? And then you're standing there like a lemon going, why am I waiting? I missed this train. I'm now going to be extra more late. I'm running late. And you find out and say, God, you stopped that and you knew. But even if he doesn't stop it and I end up I pray that it doesn't, but if I end up, he is still good. God is good in the good and in the suffering. He is with us in all. And living a prosperous life doesn't mean that we don't have suffering by far from it. Jesus, if we talk to his disciples, says persecution and suffering is going to come your way. But can you stand and not waver? And give glory to God, give glory to his son and say, thank you. Can you say, it is well? Sometimes when I'm having a bad day, I have a go-to verse. It's in Deuteronomy. I haven't got. A, they're, they're, they're panicking at the back. I haven't put it on the slide. Slide. So don't worry. You're, you're doing a fantastic. You're doing a fantastic job, by the way. And it is. As my days are, so shall your strength be. Even though I don't feel it, even if I might be in the worst mood ever, even if I'm going through stuff and I'm thinking I'm abandoned. I know as my days are, so shall the Holy Spirit's strength be in me to get through this day, through this moment, through this season. And it doesn't matter who's surrounding me, I'll be thankful because even on my best day, it is all God. I know my motives, I know my attitudes. I know I'm far from perfect. But I know that God is gracious. He is merciful. And my prayers just recently, my prayers over this, um, I was telling the, um, the, Connect, the Connect group a little while ago that my prayers are simply turned to, instead of lists, just thank you. Our thank yous should always outweigh our shopping list because he's not a cosmic vending machine that you press the buttons and if you don't get it, you give it a kick and then you throw a paddy because we didn't get what we want. But our thank yous should be a way of life. We should be practicing saying thank you. Thank you. Band is going to come come back, and we're going to have a time of wor- time of worship. But we're just going to spend just a, a few mo- few moments here, and we're just going to pr- we just we're going to, I'm going to pray pray with you. And this is between you and all of this is between you and God.
You know your heart. You know where you're at with God. Sorry, I'll rearrange the stage in a little, in a little bit. But we want us to pray for you and pray for us. May God transform our hearts. God, we pray over every single person here. Over every single person here. Over myself, God, I pray, Lord, first and foremost, would you forgive our ungrateful, when we're ungrateful, when we've got an attitude problem, when we've got an entitlement problem, when we've got a greed problem, when we've got a jealousy, envy, all these characteristics, Lord, I pray, Lord, would you forgive us? Would your Holy Spirit come and transform us? Holy Spirit, I pray over every single one here. May you lift up our eyes. May we taste and see that the Lord is good. May we say in our innermost being, the Lord is my strength and my shield. I am helped. I will exalt and with my song, I will give thanks to you. That even though I walk through the darkest valley, I shall fear no evil for you are with me. Your staff and your rod, they comfort me. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. God, I thank you that you sent Jesus into this world. Thank you that it's in him who we trust. May you transform our hearts, transform our lives, and may we say, no matter what comes our way, it is well. In Jesus' name.